Do you ever see those clickbait lists online? They're usually titled 101 films you have to see before you die. They pop up every once in a while. But tell the truth, how many have you actually seen? These movies are so ingrained in the fabric of modern pop culture through references and homages that you'd be forgiven for thinking that you'd actually seen them. So why not join me, Sam, a self-confessed cinephile who currently works in the film and television industry and even went to university to study film and TV. The only issue is, I've not seen many films. And me, Joel, a man who likes films a lot but is constantly described by his friends as overly anal and picky. But I'll let you decide. Each week, we will break down and review a different film, from zany cult classics to what many describe as cinematic masterpieces. Do these films deserve the legacy they've been given, or are they just overrated, bloated rubbish? Let's find out, as this week we discuss Doctor Strangelove. This is a thousand and one movies we have not seen. Doctor Strangelove, the 1964 film directed by Stanley Kubrick. Right, so I know exactly how I'm going to start this episode. Normally we struggle. Joel, this film is often considered one of the best comedies ever made, as well as one of the greatest films of all time. It's a comedy? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Apparently so. <laughs> what? That's the funniest bit about it. There was maybe three times in this film when I nearly laughed. Oh, uh, I think there's there's at least four jokes. I like the Jack D. Ripper. That's funny. Um, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yeah, that's the funny. RAF guy was yeah. vaguely funny. But but Joel. Often considered one of the best comedies ever made. They haven't watched Hot Fuzz. I literally, I don't understand. Did I miss something in this film? <laughs> I don't know. There, there was so big parts of it which there wasn't any humour whatsoever. They're just following processes, which was kind of cool to watch. It was kind of cool to see all those processes, but they're just following military processes. Yeah, I found it really interesting to watch. At one point, I sort of thought this was like a semi-documentary sort of thing. Yeah, what would happen? But once I finished it, and I read, this film is often considered one of the best comedies ever made, I was like, excuse me? Did we watch the o- same often, film? Often the, the comedy was like jarring. Like They had those imagine, like emergency packs with like nine packs of chewing gum in. And it's just like, okay... Yeah, that that bit was quite funny when it was like, oh, yeah. we've got, in, got enough here for a decent weekend in Texas and stuff, or Vegas. <laughs> yeah. was like, That's funny. <laughs> the tiny Bible and the tiny book of Russian phrases did but, make me laugh. But the comedy used to be different. Yeah. Like, but this so way is more like, slapstick, but it wasn't even slapstick. But people say, like, this holds up. Like, it's still one of the greatest comedies ever made, and I'm... I don't know. I know it. I know it stars Peter Sellers, who is a very funny man and probably had some of the funniest moments in this film. Yeah. But to call it one of the greatest comedies ever made, something has been lost there. Yeah. Something's um, lost in translation because it made me titter. Yeah. It's it's times. definitely a black comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like it it 
was trying to satirize the Cold War and sort of because this is what well, this must have been a bit on the nose as well. Yeah, at the time, definitely. Which well, is it's which... on the... <laughs> are we back in the Cold War now? Yeah, uh, so it's a bit it, on the nose for now as well. It's I would this film has held up. I would say. Well, it's just come back around in relevance. It's yeah, it's everything's come full full circle. I mean, do you want to get into the plot? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. United States Air Force Brigadier General Jack D. Ripper is commander of Burpleson Air Force Base, which houses the 843rd Bomb Wing, flying B-52 bombers armed with hydrogen bombs. The planes are on airborne alert two hours from their targets inside the USSR. General Ripper orders his executive officer. Group Captain Lionel Mandrake to put the base on alert, confiscating all privately owned radios from the base's personnel and issues Wing Attack Plan R to patrolling bombers. All the aircraft commence attack flights on the USSR and set their radios to allow communications only through their CRM 114 discriminators, which are designed to only accept communications preceded by a secret three letter code known only. To General Ripper. Happening upon a radio that had been missed earlier and hearing normal civilian broadcasting, Mandrake realises that no attack order has been issued by the Pentagon and tries to stop Ripper, who locks them both in his office. Ripper tells Mandrake that he believes the Soviets have been fluoridating American water supplies to pollute the precious bodily fluids of Americans. Mandrake realises Ripper has become insane. God, it's a mouthful, this one. Yeah. Isn't it? Lot. Lots happening. Yes, um, an awful lot happens, and it feels and more so like much a drama. comedy there as well. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, oh, laugh a minute! This film. Oh, mate, there's a few little jokes and stuff. There's a few, and they don't really come in until like the end. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of any that happened in the beginning bit. Mandrake's, I think, Mandrake's got yeah. a silly moustache, hasn't he? I don't think that's silly. I think that's just the moustache that people had. Of the time. <laughs> yeah. He's just... <laughs> he's a group captain, isn't he? He's yeah, yeah. The uh, British Air Force. We had great facial hair back then. That's very true. Very true. And it's Peter I, Sellers. I, I think that's just his moustache. I did enjoy... Again, you said it before, and I'll say it again. This is just full circle. Jack D. Ripper... General Ripper is he's worried about the Soviets poisoning our like water supply. He's basically a Facebook mum who votes for Donald Trump. It literally. Like this has come full conspiracy theory, full circle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is still mocking people that are quite vocal and quite prevalent today, saying that we're putting fluoride in the water, so I'll children aren't as strong and oh it's just ridiculous isn't it it's just (laughs) it's just anti-vaxxers ridiculous and i assume back then this was so ridiculous it was funny yeah however now this is like (laughs) what a substantial (laughs) proportion of the population probably actually believe yeah yeah oh dear Oh, it's bad, isn't it? It's bad. I think you could Concerning. remake. You could remake this movie today. You could just re-release it. Yeah, and it's just relevant. Yeah, 
Do you know what I mean, you'd re- you'd re-release it and people would call it woke rubbish, and I'd try and cancel it, <laughs> even though they hate cancel culture. Yeah, yeah. But no, I thought Jack the Rip- uh, Jack D Ripper, he was a good antagonist. Quite liked yeah. it. Didn't realise at first. Nice no, you start. don't, do you? You oh, well, because it opens almost like I thought, like documentary style. I yeah. thought we were going to get this weird documentary, more mockumentary, but it'd still be a documentary, do you know I mean? like a stage documentary on how sort of nuclear war works and sort of the ins and outs of the Air Force. There's definitely interesting bits in this. Yeah, I think all of the all of the protocols are actually pretty bang on. Yeah. And it's pretty accurate, all in all. It's, and this probably could have happened back then it might have happened at some point well it says at the start of the film doesn't it that it's unlikely to happen Mm. but uh no it's yeah it was a good little drama good little drama there's a great drama it's just not the greatest comedy ever made (laughs) yeah oh dear acted well Good, yeah. good cast. I feel there's silly um, acting as well, wasn't there? Like Mandrake. What is Peter? You know what you're getting when you're bringing Peter Sellers in. Yeah, whose other big role, I'd say, would be Inspector Clouseau in the original yeah. Pink Panther films. Do you know what I mean? Great physicality. Yeah. Um, I just, I was almost expect, expecting more though. I was expecting I, more Inspector Clouseau than this. Yes, I was expecting more. I, I think. And it, you were left wanting at times, especially through the start bit, where there was long scenes of them just following protocol. Which was like, oh, that's interesting, but that's not what I expected from this film. No, it takes a while before it sort of reveals itself. Yeah, because there, there isn't a joke for like the first 20, 30 minutes. No, and if and there is, I missed it. And it's only like an hour and a half long. <laughs> quick. Oh my God, we should discuss that, how short this film is. I oh, pressed play and saw it was 90 minutes and thought, oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so not have one of these in a while. <laughs> I did think. I thought, oh, this one might be good. It might be rough. But it, it, and it is rough. I've only got to do 90 minutes. Yeah. It was spry. Do you know what I mean? It flew it by. Jam-packed with action. But so but much at happens. at the same time, when there were slow bits, oh, wow, they were slow. Yeah. When they're just kind of like moving through a plane. Maybe if you find the aircraft really interesting, which I don't, uh, you'd be more interested. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big plane enthusiast. Yeah. And sort of... But again, that was more down to the technical aspect of it and sort of the protocols that you have to follow. And they were clearly pointing out these fail-safes and it's like everything got through. Do you know what I mean? Like... They questioned the, the, the captain, um, like Commander Conk. Um, he questions it when he hears it through. He's like, are you sure that the right sort of the attack formation R has come through? Are you sure that's right? And he doesn't believe him and he has to come back and check it himself. It's like, it's it's not characters sort of not... Like you get in a lot of films where something happens and most of the plot could be solved within five minutes if characters just had a conversation. Yeah. This film oh, does God, really well in covering itself. Yeah. 
but like this film covers its covers itself it's like yeah there's it, we're going to this transmission where only if you've got a code word can you get through well and it, also there's levity to the actions which is nice to see because i mean for any of those pilots or anything or any of those people involved you're being asked to murder millions and millions of people you're essentially asking for the total annihilation of the human race yeah this is declaring nuclear war, do you know what I mean? Like well, nuclear war's a war crime. America committed the worst war crime ever. But it ended the Second World War. True. True. But it, it's still it the was... biggest war crime ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um It's almost like the trolley problem though, isn't it? Mm. It's do we do we sacrifice the people of Hiroshima yeah and yeah. save the rest of the world um true, true. however this is this the, is now the cold war this isn't world war 2 this is what cuz japan america went on longer than world war 2 didn't it the nazis had given up and japan and america carried on going yeah, well yeah so there was sort of the 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 side conflict wasn't there like america was involved in the war yeah but sort of we weren't really fighting japan no no it was mainly it was japan japan brought america into the war by bombing pearl harbor don't you love the fact that we don't fact check on this why would we at all no we are 100 percent accurate 100 (laughs) percent of the time yeah when i write a pub quiz i do no research i just do it off the top of my head yeah why would you Constantly. I write my own questions yeah. and then get them right. And like prove that I'm wrong. <laughs> you can't, because I'm not. <laughs> Discussing history on this podcast, ridiculous. I, I loved the fact that he was he believed that the communists were fluoridating people. Just ridiculous. And it I I love a insane character that sounds really rational. I I always enjoy those. Well, even yeah, even when he's delivering his lines, he's not delivering it as this kooky, crazy character. He's delivering it in quite a monotone, quite reasonably sounding way, which yeah. I think is why it takes so long for Mandrake to sort of realise. And, and he doesn't realise until he hears the radio. It's good to have characters like that in programmes, so then you can look out for those normal-sounding, insane people like... Andrew Tate and people like that who are spouting absolute rubbish out their mouths but delivering it with so much confidence and so much like belief in what they're saying even though it's horrible I think it's one of the downsides to the internet as well mm. is before these people were just shouting shouting into the void yeah however now they've got this platform where you can pretty much reach everyone in the world and like-minded people um i'm not saying these people didn't exist it's just they couldn't really communicate with each other yeah, they didn't have in large numbers well as, as well they didn't have the platform and nowadays the more extreme you are the more of a platform you get which is yeah people are a good thing. very happy to sell their morals and their soul for their five minutes of fame exactly when all you need is uh, a podcast yeah and if andrew tate is listening um we are available for any public speaking 
if the price is right, call me. <laughs> In the war room at the Pentagon, General Buck Turgeson briefs President Merkin Muffley. <laughs> what? The names are great. Name, the names are funny. I'll give them that. About how Plan R enables a senior officer to launch a nuclear attack on the Soviets if all superiors have been killed in a first strike on the United States. It would take two days to even try every CRM code combination to issue a recall order. So Muffley orders the US Army to storm the base and arrest General Ripper. Turgeson, noting the slim odds of recalling the planes in time, then proposes that Muffley not only let the attack continue, but send reinforcements. According to an unofficial study, this would result in modest and acceptable civilian casualties from the badly damaged and uncoordinated Soviet military that would remain after the initial attack. Muffley refuses this plan and instead brings Soviet ambassador Alexei into the war room to telephone Soviet Premier Dmitry Kisov. Muffley warns the Premier of the impending attack and offers to reveal the targets, flight plans and defensive systems of the bombers so the Soviets can protect themselves. So there was one funny bit in this section, which the president asked for Alexei to come in, and Buck says, but he'll see the big board. I did enjoy that. The big big over-the-top board. This is a really (laughs) cool set. I liked the look of this. It's, it's like the music video from Muse. Our time is running out. It's. I would not be surprised if that is. Although I'm pretty this, sure it's this called time, it. run, time is running out. Yeah, it's it's the war room, isn't it? It's, it's the war room. Yeah. Back in the day, you had to have these big boards that physically updated. Now it's probably just huge projectors or massive TV screens. Yeah. We've we've lost something in te- technological advances because i love this sort of 40s 50s 60s aesthetic where everything was sort of physical yeah um, it just nice. looks cooler cool. yeah so like, at this point yeah. we are quite a way into the movie like over halfway i've still got no idea why it's called dr strangelove oh. by this point Oh, by this point, you have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a clue. Um, but then the film's official title is called Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, which, oh, if really? anything, no is more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is written there up top, but obviously the title is screen is sort of... It's almost like drawn in pencil. Yeah. It's quite hard to see. Um yeah, that is the official name of the film. No. But it is more commonly known as Doctor Strangelove. Oh, fair. fair yeah. Fair. Right, so General Buck. Um, so his his assistant, I think, is basically on a sunbed at three in the morning. And then is like, why are you leaving for work? Why are you on a sunbed at three in the morning? Again, I think that might just be something that we have lost, comedy-wise. Yeah. It's these characters are in bizarre scenarios. 
Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Um, also, like, when he starts talking about himself in third person and gets right up in her face uh, to be, quotes, attractive, <laughs> in quotes. I don't think is, that really works, does it? I think there's there's a level of comedy that has clearly gone over my head. Yeah, it's silly. Silly comedy, it's but it's not like fun silly, silly comedy. It's, no. It's like creepy silly comedy. Yeah. And I just... There were genuine moments when I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, this is where we get one of my favourite parts of the film when he says, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. It's just a bits. funny... Yeah. Um, and when the Soviet comes in and he's like, I found a camera on him. Because <laughs> yeah. he's clearly just trying to take pictures and it's just this silly, silly Cold War fits in a James Bond film sort of. Yeah. tech that is actually quite big and stupid um that in hindsight is daft i would say this has got little quips and comedic bits like a james bond film but the james bond film focus on focuses on drama and characters with a few quippy bits whereas this is just a film with quippy bits i mean peter sellers played james bond didn't he at one point did he I think oh, he did. I have, in... I've not watched any of the old James Bond. Oh, you know, as in it was a comedy version. Oh. Uh, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, he starred in, I think he starred in Casino Royale, the original. Mm. No. He, uh, he wasn't we James don't, Bond, we though, don't, so we don't ignore everything I'm saying. We don't fact check. He was yeah, James Bond. Peter Sellers played James Bond in a mock <laughs> James Bond. Um. We love it. So the the call just to follow through with it, I thought, yeah, fits with that character. Great drama, quite liked it. Um, yeah, I I liked... I liked the selfishness of the president to say, no, I'm not going to do that because of my image. Rather than I'm not going to do that because of the loss of life. Yeah, it's it's that politicians. Yeah. Not what's good for everyone, what's good for me sort of mentality. Yeah, which has been highlighted by... Who's the guy that plays Ali G? Um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen and like John Oliver, people like that. Where they've yeah, literally had this... interviews with American politicians. They're like, what's the most important thing about being a politician? <laughs> Getting re-elected. Yeah, it's like... It's odd how much this film does stand up. Yeah, um, and still how very relevant. even though you think that sixty years ago, you think was so long ago, and the world was such a different place, when actually not a lot has changed in no. sort of the way politicians were. They've sort of always been like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, another role expertly acted by Peter Sellers. Did you notice? I didn't know. Yeah, he's playing the president as well is he he is I did not he plays notice. he plays three roles in this film does he really the third. yeah i didn't notice at all <laughs> <laughs> he was meant to play four but um he was meant to play uh captain kong in the plane 
was he? But didn't feel like he could do the Texas accent as a British man justice. Uh, and then shortly before shooting, hurt his foot. So couldn't convince, like, didn't think he could convince people and act in the plane without limping. Also, he should just give somebody else a chance, didn't he? Well, it was actually oddly political. Um, and the only reason this film was greenlit by the production company was if Peter Sellers played four roles. Really? Yeah. He'd, he'd done it in an earlier film. And obviously yeah. we don't fact check in this podcast. <laughs> so why would I know that? Um, <laughs> so he has four characters in Black or Down. Uh, uh, he played three roles in The Mouse That Roared in 1959. Okay. Um, so yeah, as long as Sellers appeared in four roles, then this film was greenlit. The only other thing I can think of that is like Mike Myers. It's Yeah, it's Mike Myers. It's Eddie Murphy in The Nutty Professor. It's, it is done quite a bit. I've never um, seen The Nutty Professor. Um, is Eddie Murphy in Coming to America? Not seen it. Oh. I, it's it's something that is done. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I've seen any Eddie Murphy films. Oh, wow. Oh, Shrek. I've seen Shrek. Shrek, yeah. But that doesn't really... Shrek. With Mike Myers, a man who also does oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's something that he was probably well known for. Um, yeah. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Right. So, after a heated discussion with the premier, the ambassador informs President Muffley that the Soviet Union created a doomsday machine as a nuclear deterrent. It consisted of many buried bombs jacketed with cobalt thorium G which are set to detonate automatically should any nuclear attack strike the country. The resulting nuclear fallout would engulf the planet for 93 years, rendering the Earth's surface uninhabitable. The device cannot be deactivated as it's programmed to explode if any such attempt is made. The president's wheelchair using scientific advisor, former German Nazi Dr. Strangelove, points out that such a doomsday machine would only be an effective deterrent if everyone knew about it. Alexei replies that the Soviet premier had planned to reveal its existence to the world the following week at the party congress. It's Dr. Strangelove! Hey! That's, the, that's, the, that's the thing! I, th- I think title. I looked at the time. I think he turned up about an hour into this film. <laughs> it's only an hour and a half long. And he only had half an hour to go. I was like, interesting. That but what an call. impression he makes. Yeah, yeah. The phone call between... Let's start from the start. The phone call between the president and the premier was really boring. I think that's supposed to be laugh out loud, slap your knee funny. Yeah, because you're only getting one side of the conversation as well, aren't you? And it was like a breakup or something, but it just wasn't funny. No, it's not aged well, that. Um, It was like 10 minutes long. Well, it felt like 10 minutes because it was I wish I'd have taken a photo of my face watching this film it was just completely straight i don't think i smirked really do you know what i mean it wasn't laugh out loud no no not at all and it's there wasn't just even, even like in a yeah. lot of other films as well that we've watched especially like the 1960s films 1970s and stuff that you pick up on a load of quotes that you've heard there's none of those in that in this a- apart from 
Gentlemen, you can't fight. This is the war room. I've not heard that one. I think I've known of it. Um, I just didn't know what it was from. Yeah. Apart from that, I don't think there was any others. There's um, silly concepts, isn't there? Like that they've got a doomsday device, but they haven't told anybody and stuff like that, which is like, oh, yeah, funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if that is funny, though. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if that was real. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of something similar in, I think it was like a Doctor Who episode in the David Tennant years. There was like a, someone had taken over the world and there was a key that would detonate nuclear bombs strategically placed all around the earth's crust and it would destroy the planet yeah um and i wonder if they were influenced by this yeah but i wouldn't be surprised if russia had something like this yeah oh you bombers we're just going to automatically we're just going to destroy the world do you know i mean we don't need to bomb your country the only reason that bombs aren't flying is because of mutually assured destruction yeah it's like a it's just a we'll blow ourselves off the planet and kill you all with us sort of kamikaze sort of thing, isn't it? Joel, can you can you guess who plays Doctor Strange Love? Is it is it uh, Mike Myers? It's it's Peter Sellers, yeah. Oh, That's his third role. Yeah. Close. Got it. Yeah. It's good, but it's not right. Mm. Uh yeah, I mean it's fine. I didn't this, I think, funny. is where he's having his most fun, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's it, clearly he's having his, like a good time. Again, I was like, this could be funny, I suppose. All right. It, it was like for me though, it was like the bits went too long. Yes. I was like, yes, oh, that's that's funny. Like more. he he always wants to hail anytime he sees someone in a position of power. I was like, that's funny. But then there's like five minute segments where he's just fighting to keep his hand down from doing it, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, you've you've lost me there. You've done it too many times." Um, I liked that he was an ex Nazi scientist because mm-hmm. NASA and the U.S. government was filled with ex Nazis after World War Two. They yeah. hired most of them. The Nazis landed us on the moon. You might not yeah. like that fact, but that's true. <laughs> it may or may not be true as well because we don't fact check <laughs> I think it's very true um, um, and I think of the plot of the upcoming Indiana Jones film is it really? I think so cool, the last Indiana Jones film was a car crash I'm hoping this new one's going to be good though Chris good final one all that. oh it's yeah. the monkey swinging scene do you remember the monkey mm. swinging scene? they're really shocking CGI buff. oh <laughs> Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Terrible. Right. So, yeah, I mean, Dr. Strange, shall we finally get introduced to him? He's all right. He's all right. Sums up this movie, doesn't it? All right. It's, he's all right, yeah. It's, it's memorable, but not in a way I thought it would be. It doesn't have quotes. No. It doesn't have it, quotes, does it? Not at all. It's, it's, it's not funniest Man. bit is he. He's got the film named after him, and he looks all right. Yeah. It does seem like this is the character that Peter Sellers is having the most fun with. Mm. And there is quite a few times when I'm pretty sure I can see the actors in the background break in, and like they're about to laugh at his performance. 
So it must um, mean hilarious. Must mean. I think he's funny. I think he is a funny man, and I think, I think a lot of this might have been ad libbed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Especially this character. He probably knew the beats he had to hit, but the way he got there, like the hiling, was probably completely improvised. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, so, US Army troops arrive at Burpleson and battle with the garrison. After General Ripper commits suicide, Mandrake identifies Ripper's CRM code from his desk blotter and relays it to the Pentagon. Using the code, Strategic Air Command successfully recalls all of the bombers except one, commanded by Major T.J. King Kong, due to the radio equipment being damaged in a missile attack. The Soviets attempt to find it, but Kong has the bomber attack a closer target due to dwindling fuel. As the plane approaches the new target, a Soviet ICBM site, the crew is unable to open the damaged bomb bay doors. Kong enters the bay and repairs the electrical wiring while standing on the H-bomb, whereupon the doors open and the bomb is dropped. Kong joyously hoots and waves his cowboy hat as he rides the falling bomb to his death. I think this whole section is where I just got a bit past it with this film. Yeah, it's... I really lost interest and... There was this whole bit between a k- army colonel and Mandrake, and I was like, "Oh, guys, can we just please get this?" It's another now? film, isn't it, with three storylines that are interconnected, but the characters never actually. Addri- Do you know what I mean? Like they don't communicate with each other. Yeah, they're all sort of influenced by the events of the other stories, but they're very loosely connected. Um. I don't, yeah, it. this almost felt like it could have been a, a film in itself. In fact, they all could have been a, a film in themselves, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, they're so loosely collected. You could loosely have done an collected. entire 90 minutes on this plane and just them coming to terms with what they're doing. Um, and this, yeah, had some of the funniest bits in it when they're all opening their sort of how-to-survive pack. Mm. it's got like the prophylactics and the gold and the comedy just didn't hit me no I'm I'm sorry Um, there was I've seen that image though of Kong riding the bomb I just don't know where I've seen it I don't know who's finding this funny as well because I've met one or two old people and their humour's not like this no and I don't know, I didn't get the impression that Kong wanted to ride that bomb down. No. I just felt he was there to fix the bomb bay doors, and then all yeah. of a sudden he's like, Yeehaw, I've been dropped. And it's like, Did you need to climb on the bomb? Have you got yeah. a ladder? I just. I don't know, it's an odd. It's an it, odd it was, film. It was a big old, well, okay then moment. Yeah. Which maybe Kong knew he was dead, so he just lived in the moment. Yeah. As a Texan, a Yeehaw Texan. Who knows? Maybe it's just a big old stereotype that we don't know about. (laughs) And there was some... I think seeing the plane kept taking me out of it as well. Because it's clearly just a model plane in front of a video of flying footage. 
Oh, I don't know. I found that charming. I quite like that. Did you? That's yeah. fair. Uh, but maybe that comes down to the comedy. Maybe it's yeah. meant to look like a toy plane. And it just, yeah, was flying For some a little reason, bit For some reason, I quite enjoyed yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Especially when they were doing the manoeuvres and stuff. Mm. Fair play. Like, Mate, oh, yeah, let's just... dodge this missile. And it's just like a toy plane slowly listing. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's literally just a bit of the comedy I yeah. completely didn't vibe with. Yeah. Um, I think maybe I think maybe I came into this film too over like too overly critical. I don't know what I was expecting. In fact, I know exactly what I was expecting. I was expecting one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> yeah. I don't. This isn't in the IMDb top one hundred, is it? Uh, uh, I believe it is. Is it? I think so. Oh wow! Shame we can't check. Back in the war room, Doctor Strangelove recommends that the president gathers several hundred thousand people to live in deep underground mines where the radiation will not penetrate. He suggests a 10 to 1 female to male ratio for a breeding program to repopulate the earth once the radiation has subsided. A plan which gathers enthusiastic support from the all-male command staff. Worried the Soviets will do the same, Turgeson warns about a mineshaft gap whilst Alexei secretly photographs the war room. Dr. Strangelove declares he has a plan, then suddenly rises from his wheelchair and exclaims, Mein Führer, I can walk. The film cuts to a montage of nuclear explosions, accompanied by Vera Lynn's rendition of the song We Will Meet Again. So that kind of gets the point of this film, which is that actually these men are okay with being in a 10 to 1 breeding programme. It's and you're like oh, okay they're fine. That's the well, joke. it's it's the Aryan race. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah, it's he. Doctor Strangelove is German. Yeah, German, he... and he's suggesting Hitler's plan for a master race. Yeah, it's finding the strongest female who were the most fertile. And yeah. That's the joke here. He's describing the Aryan race and the president is against it. And then when he agrees to it, it's like he's found his Fuhrer again and it yeah. gives him hope to stand. Yeah. Weird. It's weird vibe weird. to go with. Um, I, I, it was quite funny. funny. It wasn't laugh out loud, but it was funny. Yeah. Having him try and skirt around this sort of Aryan race plan. And obviously all the men are keen for it because they all get 10 partners. Yeah. 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 It's just, this film ended poorly. It just ended with a yeah. Yeah. I like I liked the we'll meet again yeah. montage of nuclear explosions as the world ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was quite a fitting song. Yeah. Um, I think overall I expected a bit more from this. I did. I was expecting it to be either worse or better. And it kind of just filtered down the middle. For me. Yeah. It was just a film. Just a film. I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it. Oh, no. I wouldn't. Um, I don't think I'll watch this again. No. Um, Unless I have some form of epiphany. Where I wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, where I understand this film, or my sense of humour rapidly changes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Greatest comedies ever made. <laughs> right, scores on the doors. It's your turn to go first. A four. I think four out of ten. Oh, two weeks in a row. Yeah, I just four four out of ten. A film. A film. The most um, a film of all time. Yeah. If you like Peter Sellers, watch it. Um, yeah, most of the points go towards what I assume is the realism and those four jokes that really connected with me. I think and the it, standard story. At least it was short and not painful to watch. That's what I mean. If this <laughs> dragged out over three hours, like films did too. at that point, yeah. I would not have been happy. Yeah. But I could stomach this for 90 minutes. And yeah. it was fine. It's a fine film. It's a fine film. It is, it is not one of the greatest films ever made. No. Um, it's not even a Sunday watch, is it? It's not even I go to watch. I, I don't think you could put this on TV. No. You can't just jump into this halfway through. No. But then you can't just jump into this at the top either. Um, but it's so funny. There was m- brief moments. Titters. Yeah, when the brigadier's on trying on the phone trying to call the president and he hasn't got the change. Oh, that went on far too long as well. Far too long. They they and it's they just measured in their jokes, didn't they? It's also something that has been ever so slightly lost to time. There, yeah. The fact that you had to pay. It's something that will be completely lost on a younger generation. Do you know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like you had to pay a certain amount of money depending on how far you needed the call to go and yeah. the different levels and the fact you had to speak to an operator. It was fine, but yeah, everything just... The jokes that hit went on too long and then were no longer funny. Yeah. Like the brief effect they had on me, I went, oh, never mind. You've lost me. In 1989... This is one of the first 25 films selected for preservation in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I think I think it is culturally significant. I'll give them that. Yeah, I think it's bang on the money. It's what they. Uh, yeah, I it it's a period in time, isn't it? It's a snapshot to a period in time that miraculously holds up. Yeah. Just not good. Just not good. <laughs> uh, right then, what are we watching next week? <sighs> Isn't that the question? So I was watching Ted Lasso this week, mm-hmm. and they're having a discussion in Ted Lasso about the best actors of all time, and then they all agreed on Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. I've never seen a Daniel Day-Lewis film. I don't think I have either. And he's supposed to be the best actor of all time according to Ted Lasso. Let's do a Daniel Day-Lewis film, then. So I believe his top-rated film is There Will Be Blood. Well, then, I guess, Joel, next week we're watching There Will Be Blood, starring Daniel Day-Lewis. Ooh, I'm excited. I think, Joel, it's time you did an outro. Explosion! It was like a nuclear explosion. Oh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I 
Did it did it give you waveforms? Yeah. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the 1001 Movies We Have Not Seen podcast. You can subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice or follow us on Insta at 1001 Movies Not Seen Pod. We have new episodes every Thursday. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Is commander of an Air Force base which houses... <laughs> Burpel, why? Why? I'd say Burpleson. Burpleson. Maybe that's a joke that we're missing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Ha ha ha! Burpleson. Ha ha. They said burp. Uh, Jack D. Ripper is. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to keep that all in now, <laughs> including the burp. <laughs> uh,